I want to address something today that I think is um, the result of the last couple of years of this pandemic we've been in, and that is that it's released an epidemic of fear, anxiety, worry, and a whole lot of other things as well. And I think it's time to stand up and fight this. It's time to stand up and come against this because if we continue to submit to fear, we're going to create our own lockdown. We're going to shut ourselves down. And we're not going to know that we're even doing that. We're just going to think we're being wise. We're just being careful. We're just being this, that, and the other thing. But friends, the fear out there is colossal. The fear of COVID is, I mean, it's, I know it's a real thing and I don't want to downplay it, but we can't live in the fear of this thing for the rest of our lives. Otherwise, we will get shut down. You know, then there's, there's the fear of uh, inflation. You know, 6.9%, it's on the headlines of the paper. And, uh, you know, the food prices are going up, petrol is going up, interest rates are going up. You know, we're going to be able to pay our bills. And, you know, the worry of that is, is, the fear of that is just huge in a lot of people's lives. And some of you here as well, some of you that are online. Then we've got the war in Ukraine. And where is that going to end? You're seeing a nation destroyed in front of our eyes and we just watch. It's like, is this really happening? Yes, it's really happening. But don't be too shocked. It's all prophesied in the Bible. God said all this stuff is going to happen. But if there's ever a time to deal with fear, anxiety, and worry, it is now. Otherwise, we are going to be crippled in the years that are ahead. And so it's my prayer today. God gives us a promise in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. Fear is not of God. Fear is of the devil, and we need to take a stand against this, this rascal, if you like, and put it to bed, put it to flight, get it out of our lives, and begin to live normal lives again. It's a promise of God. And my prayer today is that by the end of this service, something will shift in your heart. Something will shift in your mind, setting you, bringing you to a greater freedom than you are today. So it's a bit of a different message today because I'm just going after something. I mean, I'm, I'm stirred up about this. I, I'm, I'm wanting to fight against this fear, this worry and anxiety because I see that as crippling life. You know, we submit to fear far more than we realize and it hinders us and it hinders our progress. It was Ralph Waldo Emerson who said this, fear defeats more people than any one thing in the world. Fear defeats more people than any one thing in the world. In fact, there was a counselor who got 10,000 letters a day and they asked him, was there anything that was surface that was above everything else? They said the number one thing that he said came up more than anything else was fear. Fear. And sometimes we don't want to even acknowledge it in our hearts, don't we? Because we think, oh, it's not very brave, is it? It's not very Christian. I'm fear. Don't, don't tell anyone about it. But we need to own up to it. So I want us to go to Matthew, Mark chapter 4, 37 to 40. I've got it right here. So a great windstorm arose. And think about this. Is that you right now? It's a storm. And the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern. This is Jesus, asleep on a pillow. Don't you love that? The midst of the storm was Jesus doing. He's asleep on the pillow. <laughs> Why? Because he's the master of storms. 
It goes on. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose, rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Peace be still. I want to say that to you right now. Peace be still. Peace be still. I want something to get imparted into your spirit today. So you leave here different. You leave here and you think, man, my worry, my fear, where is it? It's gone. But then he goes on and says, and the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But then he goes on and says this. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? What was Jesus saying? The reason we fear is lack of faith. We're not sure God's going to look after us. We're not sure God is going to protect us. We're not sure God's going to take care of us. And therefore, we allow fear or fear rises up in our hearts. And we need to understand that the antidote, someone said this, uh, when fear knocks at the door, send faith to answer. When not faith knocks it, is faith knocking at your door right now? Could you send faith to answer that door rather than submit to that fear? Because if we keep submitting to fear, it's going to control our lives more and more and more. And it's going to limit us. And you're going to see how it's going to limit us in so many different ways. Stalin was one of the most powerful leaders of his time. And you know, these guys are incredible leaders, but you know, they're still human. He had this amazing fear of being killed. So what he had was this, in his huge mansion, he had eight bedrooms. Every bedroom was locked up like a safe in a bank. And no one knew on any given night which room he would sleep in. That's how fearful he was. And we certainly don't want to succumb to that kind of fear. So F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. And that's the problem with fear, is the things we, they seem so real. They seem so real. That's why we get so fearful. So there's 10 major fears that people have. And you know, Seven of them are applicable right now. Listen to these. These are the 10 major fear of poverty. I'll go slowly so you may recognize some of them in your own life. 10 major fears. Fear of poverty. And hey, God wants to set you free of all of these, by the way. When you hear one of those, these that is, is priced to you, think, hey, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Fear of poverty. Uh, fear of death. Hey, Jesus conquered death. F- loss of health. Is that your one? Loss of love. Fear of the future. Is that gripping you? What's the future hold? Where's this all going? Then there's fear of criticism. Fear of safety. Is that the one you struggle with most? Am I safe? Am I safe? What's going to happen? 
<laughs> the other morning. I got up having breakfast and uh, then suddenly I, I see this person walking past the window and I say, oh, what's Adrian doing out there? They look closer. That's not Adrian. It was some lady with a white cap on wandering around our property about eight o'clock in the morning. And I, then they obviously she noticed who, she noticed that I was in the kitchen, so she, she took off flat out. I ran outside and I opened the garage. By the time I got out there, she'd long gone. But fear of safety, fear of safety. So then what do you do? You lock your house up like a safe in a bank, you know? And I'm not saying you shouldn't do that, but, you know, it's huge, isn't it? These fears, these fears, and then they become, they become inordinate. Some fear's good, some fear's healthy, by the way. Uh, you know, like you should look left, right, and all the rest of it before you cross the road. That's just smart. You know, that's the fear of being run over. That's a good fear to have. Does anyone agree with me on that one? It's a good fear to have, isn't it? Right? So it's not all fear is bad, but we just be really careful of this fear. What else did I say? There's fear of failure, the fear of making wrong decisions, fear of criticism, fear of old age. So let's look at why we have to conquer this fear thing. Number one, fear has torment. It torments us. There's a scripture for you on that in John, 1 John 4, verse 18. It says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. How many of you know that fear can have a, is a crippling emotion and it can affect our health, our well being, our mental condition? Some surveys say that 60% of sickness is caused by fear. Others say up to 90% is caused by fear. How many of you reckon we need to conquer fear in Jesus' name? We've got to deal with this thing, friend. Don't just keep submitting to it. That's the purpose of this message. I want to stir you up with some righteous indignation and start to tell this fear to get out of your life in Jesus' name. Fear has torment. Secondly, fear paralyzes our potential. Well, this is huge. It's huge. Joshua was called to take the promised land, right? Three times, no less, God says, be strong and courageous. Verse six, he says it. He repeats it in verse seven, be strong and courageous. Then verse, verse nine, he puts it this way. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Do you remember the parable of the talents? The person with the one talent, what did he do? He buried his talent, his gift, his ability. Why? Because he was afraid. People bury their gifts because they are afraid. And we read this in Matthew 25, 25. I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. Friends, never allow fear to stop you taking the opportunities that God presents before you, whatever it might be. And so many people say, no, I'm not gonna do it. I'm afraid, I'm afraid. Afraid of what? I don't know what it might be, but there's fear. And it stops us being all that God has called us to be and to do. See, courage is not the absence of fear. It's doing it despite fear. You do it despite the fear. Are you fearful? Some people think, I'm not gonna do anything until my fear's gone. You could be waiting a lifetime. You gotta do it despite, the person next to you, do it despite the fear. And let's not do something stupid, by the way. (laughs) Do what you're meant to do despite the fear. Do not let fear stop you fulfilling your destiny. Get up there and do it. Do it afraid. Do it nervous. Do it trembling. Do it worried. Do it on your knees. Do it with help from others. But whatever you do, do it 
Do it crawling. <laughs> do it tormented. Do it. Just do it. Don't let fear stop you fulfilling your destiny. Because it stopped too many people over history it because they've thought, well, if I take up this opportunity or I do this kind of thing, then it's going to, you know, it's, this is going to happen or that, might, that kind of thing might happen. Here's how Ambrose Redmoon said this, courage is not, listen to this, courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the judgment that something else is more important than the fear. I'll say that again. Courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the judgment that something else is more important than fear. See, there's something that God may be asking you, calling you to do, direction you need to take, but you are fearful. But you've got to realize that what He's asking you to do is more important than the fear that you have in your heart. So you've got to conquer the fear, get up, Get going and do the thing that God is calling you and asking you to do. Number three, here's a huge one. Our fear spreads to others. Oh my goodness. As soon as you're fearful, guess what? People around you are fearful. If you're finding people around you are fearful, <laughs> get rid of your fear. Because you know, remember when Gideon is going to battle and uh, he's got how many in his team? He's got 30,000 and uh, fighting the Midianites, 135,000. And then God, God says, this is what God says, announce to the people that anyone among you who is fearful can go home. <laughs> and so of this 35,000 fighting army, I think it was 22,000, you can't see them for the dust. Just shows you how fearful people are. 22,000. So why would they give them that command? Well, we're told in Deuteronomy 20 verse eight, then the officers shall, if any man... If any man, is any man afraid or faint-hearted, let him go home. Why? So that his brothers will not become disheartened too. You got that? We've got to impart courage to others, folks. I've got to impart courage to you. Because otherwise, we're going to discourage the rest of the army. And they're going to stop fighting. And then we're all in trouble. Fear spreads. <laughs> I do remember this guy in, um, in the Philippines, Brother Go, and uh, he used to come and visit us. And he was one of the most fearful people you'd ever. And he'd tell us of all the things that could go wrong, all the burglaries he'd heard of, and people had been killed, and this, that, and the other thing. Honestly, by the time he was left, we were full of fear. Like we couldn't sleep that night. We we're looking at everything that, you know, like. Fear spreads. So what does that say? You have a responsibility to deal with your fear so you don't spread it to other people. This is so important. There's an epidemic out there, folks, sent from the pit of hell, making us fearful. I'm not just talking about COVID, I'm talking about all kinds of stuff at every turn. And guess what? It's going to get worse. How many of you know it's going to get worse? <laughs> if you don't know that, you better find out quickly because it is going to get worse. If we're not careful, we're going, to be, we're going to submit and be crippled by fear. Now, I'm not just preaching to you. I'm preaching to myself as well. All right. So 
The next, I want to give you some keys that I think are ways to overcome fear. And the first one is a simple one, is to trust in God. <laughs> it's pretty basic, isn't it? So here's a verse of scripture for you. Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. See, this whole thing of fear is to do with trust. Trusting in God. The more we trust in him, the more we're going to have peace. I, I remember a number of years ago, really struggling. You, you hear me talk a lot about struggling, don't you? You know why? Because I struggle a lot. <laughs> That's why you hear all about it. <laughs> I'm just like you folks. Don't, don't ever think I'm any different. I have, I have battles. I have struggles. I have wars. I have demonic attacks. I mean, it's the whole shooting. But, so this is just one of my many hundreds of struggles that I can recall of. And I, I remember praying about the struggle. And I, I just couldn't beat the jolly thing. I couldn't beat it. And then I had this massive revelation from God. And he said, uh, why don't you trust me? I thought, oh, that's new. No one ever told me about that one. And so I, I was out in the 24-7 room, actually, when we used to have it. And so I just started marching up and down the room. And I said, God, I choose to trust you. 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 Do you know what? It wasn't long before I had peace. And God actually resolved the situation. Because see, trust releases God to work as well. Trust releases God to deal with your fear. And it was just amazing how God worked in my situation. Because when you trust God, listen, if you don't write anything else down, if you don't take notes on anything else, just take note on this one thing, all right? This is it. When you choose to trust God, it draws down great grace into your life. And grace is what helps you to handle what you're facing. When you choose to trust God. Tell the person next to you, I choose to trust God. Hmm. I hope you do choose to trust God. So I want us to go to Matthew uh, 26, 26 to, uh, Matthew 6, 26 to 29. I don't know if we gave them the notes for this one, but here. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than that? How many of you reckon you're worth more than a bird? Gosh, some of you don't, but that's all right. But yeah, let me say you are, all right? Even though you don't think it, you actually are worth more than a bird. So, and God looks, he feeds him. Uh, which of you by worrying can add a cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about your clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, consider the flowers. How they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Everyone say spin. Mm. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. So look at the birds. God looks after them. Maybe the birds know something we don't because they live at a higher altitude. <laughs> Maybe they have some understanding. But the point is this. Look at the birds. Look up. Look up. Look up to your God. Keep your eyes on you because if you keep looking around you, you're going to keep struggling with the problem that you are facing. The more you focus on your circumstance, the more it's going to crush you and cripple you and trouble you. But when you start to look up, where does your help come from? My help comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from looking at my circumstance. It comes from looking at God. Lift up your eyes to the hills from where your strength comes. And then consider the flowers. <laughs> I heard someone say this, the flowers don't toil or spin. 
You and I spin all the time with our worries. Uh, you know, we get a worry, we take it on board, and our mind starts spinning. We go, how many, anyone who experienced it? You spin round and round and round and round. You go to bed at night, you turn this way, that way, and that. You're spinning with worry. You're spinning with concern. You, and I know what that is like because I've been spinning in the night myself. Wakes my wife up, which annoys her. But anyway, you can't help it because you're, 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 you know, you're toiling, you're trying to work it all out. God says, no, 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 look at the flowers. They don't toil, they don't spin, and God takes good care of them. If flowers don't have to spin, nor do you, nor do I, because we are more important than flowers. If God's gonna look after the birds and the flowers, He's gonna look after you. He's gonna look after me. He's gonna get us through whatever we are facing today. We can trust the Lord. Look at the birds, look at the flowers. You are more important than them. That's what the Bible is teaching us in this passage. So, Fear activates God. Sorry. <laughs> Faith <laughs> activates God. <laughs> I just want to check with you're awake. Some of you were, the rest of you thought, oh, that's interesting. No, no, it's not interesting at all. That's bad preaching. Everyone say bad preaching. Yeah, bad preaching. All right. Faith activates God. Fear activates the devil. You make your choice. Don't activate the devil in your life. I hope something is getting through this morning. I hope you're beginning to see you've got to deal with this fear thing and start looking for it. Ask yourself, God, where am I submitting to fear when I shouldn't be? Because it's a tricky little devil. You know, it hides around corners and we don't even know it's getting a hold of our life. Certainly it's happened to me. I know what I'm talking about because I've suffered from some of these things. Now, the second thing is to overcome fear is the Word of God. Isn't it interesting that there's at least still somewhere around 365 fear knots in the Bible? That's one for every day of your life. God knew you were going to fear today, and He says, fear not. Fear not. You know what? You, well, here's, here's a test to do. Each day, recognize that fear that God is telling you to fear not about. Because there's one there probably every single day. But we don't recognise it. We just take it on board. It's time to stop taking it on board. So what you need to do, <clears throat> well, what I did when I got first saved, and I still need to keep doing it, as I, I was quite fearful and worried and anxious about things. So I heard this teaching on it. So I went home, I found all these scriptures on peace. I listed them all out, wrote them all out. Then on a daily basis, I'd meditate through those verses. And guess what? My fear, my peace, Level dropped right now. Why don't you try it? Why don't you just try it? Get some scriptures. Get some verses. Oh, it's a bit of hard work. I'd rather just some lay hands on me and set me free. <laughs> well, <laughs> it may happen, but hey, look, some process, friends. Process. You've got to go through the process to get the promise. Sometimes no process, no promise. You've got to do some work. You've got to put in the yard. Sometimes that's what is required. So come on, get some verses. You know, so what, what, are you, is it poverty? Philippians 4.90, my God shall provide all my needs. All right? Is it uh, healing you need? Um, Isaiah 53 verse 5, you know who heals all our, no, by his stripes we were healed. These are the Find the scripture that you need in your situation that's going to help you to get through the problem that you have got. I found a, um, I heard the story of this preacher. When he was just a young fella, <clears throat> he had to walk home. He was walking home at night one day and he walked, had to walk down this dark, very dark road, 10 kilometres. That's a long, long way. And, and it was uh, known to be a dangerous road. 
So he's walking down in the dark through this thing. And at the darkest point, he hears his voice, Johnny. Fortunately, it was his father. He recognized the voice and it brought peace to his heart. But he said that was a defining moment in his life because he became a preacher. And he said for the rest of his life, he said, whenever I was facing the darkest moments, he said, I'd hear a voice much louder than any earthly father saying to me, fear not, for I am with you. Can you hear that voice today? Fear not, for I am with you. When you face the darkest moments of your life, that is God's word to your heart. Fear not, fear not. I'm telling you, fear not. God is with you. Who reckons if God's with you, it's gonna be okay? So here's the question I wanna ask you, is God with you? How many of you reckon God is with you? If you're not, you're gonna stand at the altar at the end of the service and give your life to Jesus and make sure that he is with you. Fear not, I am with you. If God is with you, then you're gonna be okay. Number three, just a couple more thoughts and we're done. Fear, resist fear in Jesus' name. <laughs> you know, we've got to use the authority. James 4 verse 7, resist the devil uh, for, and he will flee from you. Resist fear, the devil of fear, the demon of fear. In G- you have authority, folks, in this year. In fact, I've prayed for numbers of people over the years in the area of fear and taken authority over it and God has set them free. I've had a level of success in that area. There's an authority you have. Maybe you need to pray for someone else and take authority over that fear in their life and to set them free. You know, there's uh, there's something known as the limbic system of the brain. And it's been considered the, uh, the seed of our emotions and, they, and, and, and of other mental processes as well. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, many call it the lizard brain, the lizard brain, because they say that a lizard, that's about all he has in its brain for function. It's called a lizard brain. And it's in charge of fight, flight, fear, and freezing. That's the lizard part of our brain. And what happens is it lies to us. This emotion lies to our emotions in our lives. But there is another lizard I want to talk about for a moment, and he is the father of all lies. His name is the devil, and through your emotions, he lies to you all the time, telling you you're not gonna make it. He tells you you're not good enough. You'll never get through the situation. This mistake is too big to get over. Your future is bleak. The pathway is dark. You might as well quit. You might as well give up. You'll never overcome this adversity in your life. That is the lizard that speaks to you all the time. But friends, you have authority over the lizard. You can tell him to keep quiet to shut up, to send them away. Because you know, even though that, that lizard may bruise your heel from time to time, you can crush the head of the lizard in Jesus' Name. Drive him out of your life once and for all and to be gone in the Name of the Lord. Do not list sometimes that sound. How many of you know the voice of that lizard at times can be very loud? Man, I have found sometimes it is so loud. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I can hardly breathe. Friends, deal with the lizard, the limbic part of your brain 
that lies to you constantly. And friends, I'm telling you, it's lying to you all the time. It's almost like a nonstop reel that just lies to you, that you're no good. You know, you're useless, you're pathetic, you're not as good as, you'll never make it, you'll never be a success, you'll never recover, you'll never get over this thing. You're a loser, you're, 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 a, you're, not, worth, you know, you're not worth anything. Those lies, friends, are there all the time. Are we gonna listen to them? Or are we gonna start taking authority? The next time the devil tells you you're no good, you're useless, you're pathetic, don't just take it on board. It's time to stand up. You take it on board, you'll never be what God's called you to be. You'll be paralyzed, fear paralyzes us. That's why I'm trying to attack this thing <laughs> for all the energy that God gives you. And then worship, worship. Worship is worry in reverse. Worship is worry in reverse. Because when you worship, you focus on God. In other words, you focus on the source, your source, not on your problem. Again, you lift up your heart in worship to God. As we worship, realize God is in control. So I wanna wrap this up with a thought. What are you facing today? Fear, worry, anxiety? But maybe it's finances, depression, an addiction, relationship issue, grief, pain, whatever, whatever it is. And I just have one question for you right now. And my question to you is this. Is Jesus enough for all of these things? Is Jesus enough to get you through whatever you are facing today? In, the, in your pain, in your grief, in your struggle, in your temptations, is Jesus enough to get you through? Or do you need a whole lot of other props, supports, and things that are gonna help you get through? Because friends, my argument is this. If Jesus is not enough, then we're no different to other organizations. We're no different to other places that have self-help mechanisms. If, if Jesus is not enough, if Jesus can't get us through, if Jesus is not enough for your life in every area of it to fulfill you, satisfy you, get you through, if he, then we are in a religious routine. It is powerless and we're not getting anywhere. But if Jesus is enough, it changes everything. It means your every need can be met in Jesus. My question is, is Jesus enough or is He not? I wanna preach to you today, Jesus is enough. Jesus is more than enough. He's all that you need. You don't need all the extras, all the props, all the support. All the, I'm not saying you, don't, you can't have them, but you don't need them. Is Jesus enough for my life or not? I've surrendered my life to Jesus. I've handed it over to Him to be what He's called me to be. And I have to believe that Jesus is enough, that I've made the right decision. I've made the right choice, that Jesus is the great I am. I am your healer. I am your deliverer. I am your rescuer. I am the one who can set you free. I am that I am. I am more than enough. I'm all that you need. I'm all that you need. I'm all that. You know the problem is, friends? We take on Jesus and we keep all these other props as well. I need this, I need that, I need the other thing. If I don't have all those other things, I'm gonna be miserable. Is Jesus enough or is He not? You know what I need to preach a whole lot more? Jesus plus nothing is everything you need. Jesus plus nothing. When we get to that place, friends, 
where we don't need everything else, when Jesus is enough, we're really getting to biblical Christianity. The problem with the Western church today, friends, we've added so many extras. Jesus is almost like an add-on to our life that we are living. We need to change that narrative, friends, because that doesn't work. It just doesn't work. We've got to get to the place. If I've got Jesus, I've got everything I'll ever need. In him is found all the answers to life. He can set you free from fear, anxiety, worry, every other bondage. My message to you today is freedom is knocking at your door. Psalm 34 verse 4. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all. A double L. I looked that up in the French because I'm a French scholar. In Latin, I was good at Latin. I even looked to the Greek. I looked to the Hebrew. And I thought because of you folks, some of you here, I looked in the Samoan language as well. And all means all. He delivered me from all my fears. God's purpose is that we walk in peace every day of our lives. And when fear raises its ugly head, we resist it in Jesus' name and command it to flee. Fear is knocking at your door. Whom the Son sets free is free in Dead. Amen.